calls herself the Wedding Whisperer. Mm. Meant to be incredible. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Red okay. leather, uh, yellow leather. Eunuch, you eunuch. Why don't I go and eunuch, explain you what's eunuch. happened? Eunuch, you eunuch. You know you need eunuch New York. You know you need eunuch. I want a proper cup of coffee from a proper coffee pot. Excuse me? Can you just count to <laughs> ten for me? Clichés, proverbs, spelling, dictionary, writer's manual. <laughs> I thought you were doing Magda's vocal warm-ups. <laughs> a pot of coffee is a regular coffee pot. Whatever she said. Um, Kate. A regular, um, proper. I'm proper quite... coffee pot. A regular coffee pot. <laughs> this is awkward. See if you're working on a speech day and night. What can I say? Tough titties. Now, I have a wedding to perform and I am primed and raring to go. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to CJ Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we recap the most recent episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that just went to air. And today's episode was a momentous occasion. It was the Gabers wedding, the wedding of Dr. Naka and Aaron down the mines. I'm Vaya Pashos and I have Kate here. Hi. And I have a very good friend of the show. It's been a long time between drinks, but we welcome back resident Gaber, <laughs> Hunter Smith. Hello. Yes. Yay. Welcome back. Come in a veil <laughs> <laughs> of silence. It's a rainbow letter day today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we will get stuck in to this beautiful episode shortly from Monday, September the 3rd, 2018. We are in the PirateNet Studios, well, the front yard of the PirateNet Studios, decked out in. Um, I actually didn't really look at the episode. No, it wasn't. It wasn't was, in a tent, was no. it? it that, I don't know. Were they? I think Where they were just were outside they? with two aisles. I don't know. Oh, they were meant. To, they were meant to be closer to the city because they did a shot of the city. Oh no! About the wedding venue. You can see yeah. from Paul's um, penthouse apartment. You can see a view of the city like you're sitting in Richmond. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, oh, it must amazing. be very tall. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we're in the PirateNet studios. It's a Monday evening. We, I don't think we've ever recorded on a Monday evening, but this episode called us in. couple items of Neighbours Council business. Neighbours and possibly Neighbours, as you're listening to this, may have been on Media Watch on the ABC. So check out iView. To hopefully they tweet some links to the the story because I think it's going to be it's going to crack open the world of Aaron's Borough. Yeah, and it's it's kind of our fault, but that's fine. What have you done? How did you end up on there? Twitter. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. No, somebody, and it wasn't one of us, tipped off Media Watch about the Ancestry.com.au product placement. Oh, but a SponCon is yeah. there. Yeah. Is there really? And we had already recorded our episode about that very episode that they did the massive product placement. Yeah, Kate ranted. Ah, she was not impressed. Kate, we all ranted. It's yes. not just me. Don't just blame me. But uh, you were the one that was soundbite worthy. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. How we haven't watched it. Keep an eye out for that. We have to say congrats to Hunter, who's oh. a daddy. Yes, had a baby. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. She's great. Cute as a damn button. Cute as a button. A big button, but uh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to now, Neighbours just had a naming ceremony for young um, Spawn of Toad to get his new fish name. We need to give Hunter's daughter, her any co-host of Neighbours, mm-hmm. the child has to be given a Neighbours cast a heritage name. Heritage character name. Oh, great. Can I have Angie Rebecca? Angie? Can she have Angie Rebecca? For sure. 100%. Yes. So, because Kate has Madge and Harold. 
Both. Oh, you got two yeah, kids. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And CJ has Lou and friend of the show Penny has a baby Sheila. So well, I wouldn't mind Cheryl, Lou's wife Cheryl. <gasps> She's pretty great. But you were really passionate about Angie just then, I feel. I was passionate about Angie. I'll take Angie. Lock it in. Lock, lock it in. And, and baby Angie as well. And She's great. She's actually in Paris, so she's doing very oh well for herself. Yeah, she's um, only five months old. So. Oh, so she's about the same age as baby Harold. Well, there you go. Yeah. Is Harold getting down to Paris? He went to the Anglesey Backpackers, didn't he? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Harold, actually, the furthest Harold's ever travelled was to Echuca, which ties in with our storyline. Amazing. Perfect. So, okay. That takes us to the eve of the Brennan wedding. To rich river country. Now, Hunter, when was the last time you dropped in to the old Ramsey Street to check things out? Do you mean watch an episode? Yes. Oh, probably last time I came here to Neighbours, I'd say. But quite long enough ago that the gays had transformed. The, I, the gays getting married, but not the gays I thought they were going to be. So you've, you're now aware of the one in, one out policy with yeah. the gays. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, we've locked a second one down now. Well, no, there was a one. Actually, Hunter's on one of our one of the most beloved episode of Neighbours, which is Quattro Homo, the the uh, episode where there were four gay guys. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. In, the orgy <laughs> in one episode. The lasted as orgy because <laughs> Tom, what was his name? T Quizzle. Was, oh, T Quizzle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the original Gabers were Christos Pappas and poor brain damaged Christos. Yeah, and and he got together with, with Nate. Aiden? No, there was oh, yeah, Aiden, Aiden the nurse. Then was it Hudson appeared? Yeah, and I, then I Hudson out. got run over. Oh no, he killed Robbo. Then he got sent to prison, yes. and now he's gone to Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, and then um, after that, who then was I that? think Nate went out with Christos because he that, was pretty hot. Because Christos and Nate were the ones that were stealing the ceramic pig from Carl's house. And so hiding. Euphemism. <laughs> we can only wish it's it's been, the boys have been hiding the ceramic pig. <laughs> Out the back door of Harold's, slipping, <laughs> slipping in the sterling pig. <laughs> they got t-shirts made in, in honor of their prank. So Nate was a great loss to the show. Rejoined the army. Yeah, except no. Then Christos oh, left. Yeah, Christos left. Thank goodness, because he he was. We were done with him. And then Aaron down the mines came in from like the a, mines. Oh my goodness! Any stripper chaps. Oh, really? Yeah, he was an exotic dancer down the mines. Oh. And he was oh, a miner. very dark down there. Have you brought a torch? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was um, in a dancing troupe with Ash Williams, who played. Oh, classic. Yeah. Ash played. Was Ash gay? Yes. Yeah. Was he? He was Rory. Though he was he was trying to spin that he was kind of, that he was bisexual. Fluid. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was well, yeah. trying to. They all start out like that. Ash concocted <laughs> it. No, Ash concocted this whole backstory. Oh, Ash did. Yeah. Right. Ash was very passionate about Rory. Rory yeah. Zamiro. That's oh. his character's name. Kate, you've got amazing name recall for these. Oh no, we, inter- of we interviewed um, Ash yeah, as well. It was so only a few like, months yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does, though. Then, Dr. Nacker, Paul's bonus son, one of a set of twins, Danny DeVito Schwarzenegger style twins. He realised his true sexuality. Yes, because he why tried, wouldn't well, you in front of Aaron? Well, he also he tried to have a relationship with his sister. Oh, well, that's what I did. That's how I ended up gay, actually. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't interested, and I yeah, thought, well, yeah. what's left? <laughs> Got to turn to the knacker. <laughs> both brothers had a go with their, sis- with their sister. What? Yeah. So Both was, brothers? Look, to be fair, they didn't know she was their sister, but oh. still. Well, that does happen oh. scientifically, doesn't it? Yeah, especially if you're so Paul, so. Paul Robinson as well. Like statistically, oh, like you would. Is they've, all, they've, all, they've all got the the root rat gene, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. No, yeah, I just yeah. like statistically, if you're in the dating pool in Melbourne, you're likely to run into a Robinson. True. That's true. true, yeah. true, true. 
So Amy tried to go out with David and then she and Leo had the horn for each other. They were busted in upon. That was Leo and Amy. Yeah, yeah, like down at Cape Shank or somewhere like that. Siblings? (laughs) Yeah, there was like a a mercy dash to prevent them from having sex. Really? It was almost Penno. And then like, because Paul... Down at Cape Shank? (laughs) I was just there last weekend. (laughs) Paul's running into the holiday house. Hobbling. Stop. (laughs) Stop, you must not. Because you are brother and sister. Yeah, well, that is a boner killer. <laughs> Both of well, them. Paul and his sister. It wasn't because they spent a few episodes Pining. talking through the screen door about how they were. Oh, it was taking it was, a while to get over. And that's what makes Amy the. The saddest man in just wants to love. One of our listeners made that Because she tried to love all her brothers. That's just one of the reasons. No, she really is the she saddest was, bitch in She wasn't Ansborough. the SBIE back then. She was just dipping her toe into the waters. It wasn't until she... It was, it was the pining after the brother. Surely that's... Surely you just go, oh, fuck, no, no. That's when you realise you're trying to root your brother. Yeah, and then, yeah, just keep that to yourself. Yeah. And then when she hooked up with the school sex pest teacher, Wayne. With the BO problem. Yeah. Anyway, we, we're diverging. Anyway. Hang on. So... One of those sisters' brothers is now one of the married gays. Yes. Right, great. The short one. How do you find the poster children for the first gay wedding on Ramsey Street Hunter? I thought it was okay. I thought they seemed perfectly nice. Um, nice is, is it, really? Yeah, yeah. they didn't seem passionately in love, I didn't think. Because no. See, Nate and Aaron down the mines had our amazing moment. Oh, in, my, in the glass box. Did the, you ever say that? The glass box. <laughs> So Naomi Canning was doing PR for Lassiter's and she co-opted David Blaine style. They were in like a big gay sex box. There was a bed in it too, yeah. Really? They put a room together as a, a promotion for one of the Lasseter's hotel rooms out on the complex. By, by the lake. Yeah. And she locked. It, somehow it drew a crowd as well. Yeah, she locked Nate and yeah. Aaron in there and they were having a classic erst, like unresolved sexual tension spat. That ended, and then they wanted to put on a show for the promotion. Mm. And so then, like, they just. Nate, Nate, Nate pr- tackled him on the bed. Really? It was pretty hot. And they yeah. made out, and then everyone applauded, which was oh, lovely. This sounds like, yeah. Another way of saying it, of course, is they rounded up all the gays in town and put them in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> sounds hot, though. Oh. Don't mishear me. <laughs> I'm I in. It's like, oh, man. I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I hope I've got a couple of bookings. Good review on TripAdvisor. Yeah, there would have been a few reviews on TripAdvisor that they had to would have had to have. Squirrel it away. Yes, true. Because that's what I love about in this world, we don't have very many voices of dissent in the in the community, like in real life, which is just refreshing to have a whole room of people applauding. There was a mention in this episode to the um, Yes campaign for marriage equality. Did that get a mention in real time? The, the tricky thing that happened is that they were writing a little proposal for Aaron and David before the campaign was announced and launched. And so... It was kind of unfortunate timing that David did this proposal to Aaron and it, it didn't mean anything and it was really bad timing because so it just kind of seemed like a farce because it was he had angel wings on. Pretty cringy. Right. I wouldn't okay. have married him with that proposal. Right. right. He was dressed as Cupid. And this is different guys. 
No. These ones. The same guy. This was like last Sorry, year. Sorry, cut that out. Then it was... Not cutting anything it, out. It was referred to on, what was the summer series called? Time Travelling Neighbours? Neighbours versus Time Travel. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Neighbours versus Time Travel. Paul goes back in time and the gays are reversed with this his twin sons. a lot of extra information, this time travel element. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he looked at one of them and he said, don't blame me, I voted yes. Ah, so they well, kind of had to do a bit of retroactive rewriting because when they wrote the proposal, they wrote it as a fake proposal. But when everything was announced that we were voting to legalise gay marriage, then that proposal read really insincere. So like the, the head writer was tweeting at the time going, we filmed this. They took out a couple of lines. Like, I think there was a line scripted like, I mean, it won't be legal, but it's just a show of my love for oh, him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so they yeah, took yeah. out a few lines that oh, made I've it. had to do some real thinking about it. Well, you know, that's a um, bit of a bugbear for me because they have been marketing it as Australia's first gay wedding. Oh. But somebody, myself, did once appear in ABC sitcom The Librarians <gasps> where I had not one but two Gay weddings. Wow. So I do have a bone to pick with them, but I have looked into it. I've taken it up with Channel 10 and they are claiming that it's the first legal gay wedding. But now I'm hearing that they're just back riding that anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to sue. I'm going to go down to Toadie. <laughs> no, uh, don't get Toadie. No. Get someone to win. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, Tycho, Tim Collins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you married someone who might be a Neighbours alumni. Oh, really? His name's Keith Brockett. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I saw – no, this is, this is drawing a long bow. I saw him on stage in Puffs – while I was there to support Rob Millsy Mills. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, there's your connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got married twice. He's the lead in Puffs. He's doing quite well. Is he? Good for him. Good on. on him. Hello, uh, Keith, if you're listening. So, am I barking up the wrong tree? I've forgotten whether it was you or not who was the witness to the wedding. This is Hunter, the famed oh, Hunter yes. Smith. <laughs> extra. Hunter and I met as extras on the set of Neighbours. <laughs> what are you laughing? This is such a funny sentence. <laughs> <laughs> he approached me here. Costed me because I looked normal. Yeah, she, Little- didn't, she didn't want me to speak to her, and I was like, "That's going to be the most normal person here, <laughs> the one who's trying to avoid me." <laughs> Little did he know I was not. But uh, one of his famed appearances is as a witness to the deathbed wedding of Camilla and Marco. Marco, what a great idea! Mm. Deathbed. Oh, right? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It was very romantic. No frills, mm. no fuss. Mm. No, I had a rose. And because tell us what who you were in that scene. Uh, I, I was an orderly. Yes. So we met. Yeah, yeah. I was an orderly. I had just to cobble together witnesses because so, time was of the essence. So, so you were there just to, just to wheel away the, the gurney. Yeah. When he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Off to the honeymoon in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we'll post a um, a link to that lovely picture. It's, mm. it's fine. I look quite thin in it. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your magic noodle hair going on yeah. up top. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's cruel. JT, maybe. <laughs> JT Thank fl- you. flew the flag for that hairstyle. I'm you not saying, I didn't did. say it was a bad thing. <laughs> There's some spunk on I could get behind. Well, let's set up. It's the morning of morning before the big day. It's the morning of the big day. Sorry, I just watched five of the previous week's episodes today as well. So, we'll <laughs> see. We start with one of our fave returning guests, Ma Brennan. Mama Bear. Brennan? 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 All these people, all these mums, mothers of the groom flying in booking flights day of event. Oh, who's the posh one? Is that Mar Brennan? She's a um, Barossa Valley sophisticate. Hey, I, I love her. So she was cool. Actually, I've still got that audio grab of Rebecca on the log glue 
when it was rumoured that her ex was going to hook up with Faye Brennan, Gaz Can, to raise his ex. She goes, Faye? Don't be ridiculous. Faye's a sophisticate from Barossa. She's a sophisticate from the Barossa. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. And he's just, he's like straight out of Frangers. So, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But really, she could have sprung for flights the night before to help them. No, Faye, this is classic Ma Brennan. She is like, it's all about her. It's all selfishness. It's all like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to Adelaide to visit Tyler and I'll visit him maybe once every two months. And Tyler is the missing Brennan. He's in prison. Oh, really? For... That wouldn't go down on La Barossa. <laughs> he... White collar, blue collar? Oh, my goodness. Bloody... I don't even think I know blue collar covers this. He murdered his <gasps> biological dad in the sex tub. Oh, by not while he was dressed as Guy Fawkes, and he died. You found his corpse floating. But the most important detail, oh, because come on, it's, this is, that's what he's in prison for. The most collar. important detail is that he coward gnomed his father. He hit him over the head with a garden gnome and then ran away. Really? He was a coward yeah. gnome. One of oh Sheila's God. gnomes. Honestly, like you can't come on this podcast and ask one question without opening a whole new... Oh, no. <laughs> that was one can of worms opened. Here's the other. Turns out oh, it wasn't ha- him who he, killed him. His half-brother. Well, his half-brother finished the job. But let, let, let us never forget that the coward gnoming still yeah. stands. He should be. He should rotten in prison for that. Yeah. Really, he set up the killing for the yeah. brother to come yeah. and complete. Anyway, he's not at the wedding, but they took a lovely selfie to send to him. Just to rub it in. Oh, oh there so- was a lot of laboured references to missing people, wasn't there, in the first five minutes? Nobody liked him anyway at the time. Well, right? he's, he's got quite a large fan following, so. It's no, just- no, in his family. Yeah, no, the family yeah. doesn't like him. Yeah. Okay, let's get to who's missing. We start with issues with bloody Suze. Suze is meant to be the marriage celebrant. She is not giving her business enough love. She's shithouse. She's so, what a garbage bloody um, celebrant. Let's talk Hunter through the product placement that basically culminated in the introduction of Magda Zhabansky to this episode. So one day Carl's just sitting on his couch and going, oh, you know, I'd really like to investigate my biological father's family and see how many biological half-siblings I've got. You know, apropos of, you know, like he last saw his dead dad, what, 20 years ago or something? Probably could have investigated it in that time. That's Probably. a fair point, but... It does stink of Carl to do a bit of Ancestry.com. Like, that's exactly the sort of person who would do it. This is my issue with it, though, is that it's so perfectly him, but it was so awkwardly thrown into the script. Yeah, and Suze is like, oh, well, have you looked on Ancestry? And and then later on you see him looking at the actual um, pricing structure of Ancestry. (laughs) Oh, you know, $29 a month, you know, like that sort of thing. And yet, Ned, just drop an ancestry like that. Oh, they that. wouldn't have liked that in real life, I don't think. No, they would have hated it, but, right. you know. A bit of extra coin in the forum. No, the, the the executive producers would have loved it, but the scripting team, yeah. those poor bastards, that would have been dumped on them on a Monday morning and they've probably got to go to script amendments by Friday. So then Carl is on this I mean, wild... a lot of assumptions there. It might have been thought about months in advance. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the sneaky thing is, is that they kept referring to it as Ancestry rather than what we'd normally call it Ancestry.com.au or whatever. Yeah. But obviously in the UK, it's Ancestry.co.uk. So oh, they just kept calling clever. it Ancestry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clever. And some of our um, international friends have pointed out that when they watched that episode, there was a little P in the corner and mm-hmm. they have to display that anytime there's product placement on, oh, how interesting. on the show. 
We don't get that luxury. No. We just have to guess. But it was it was like a real kind of touch of Studio 10 on it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, was, yeah, it was yeah. like an infomercial, a really, really awkward infomercial. And I don't – look, I usually watch ACA after Neighbours just mm. to let my brain die a bit more. Mm. I don't mind that it's like 50% Kmart ads in there because that's what yeah. I'm expecting. This is like our local drama that should be free of that. However, when I was uh, doing some research, I found <laughs> – the Airbnb episode because some of our Neighbours Council friends tipped me off to that. The UK viewers are really on the ball with this. I think we're just really... They hate it. Yeah. Because UK friends, you need to remember, there's no money in Australian showbiz. We could have taken the cash where it comes. They're, they're used to neighbours with the BBC roots as well, where there was no advertising at all, whereas oh. we've had it for Channel 10 for forever. So yeah, we're, good point. Yeah, they'll sell their souls to anything, won't they, Hunter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so I watched back the Airbnb episode because the Brits kept saying, oh, that was blatant. And I'm like, guys, it was fine. It makes perfect sense. Sheila had a spare room. She rented it out to Airbnb. Well, with her accordion house as well. Yeah. And, and so they were saying Airbnb. So I went back and watched it. Hmm. Not only does she say Airbnb, there's a close-up of the logo. There's a close-up of the tagline, Airbnb's catchphrase. And then she starts saying things like, well, it'll make me a bit of extra money. And it's a great opportunity to meet some new people. <laughs> Great. Oh, blatant. Great opportunity to be murdered by a German backpacker as well. Well, and that got through to the keeper on you in the first viewing. You didn't notice that. Because I think it felt so organic to have a drama about neighbours all in the one street. It makes perfect sense that one of them would be renting out their spare room. Yeah, I, I suppose. Also, they make up products, like neighbours products but all the time. Like they have the search engine for Google. And, and Ziva for Tinder. Yeah, um, yeah uh, that's, uh, how you, that's how you know. Anytime you see a real logo, you know yeah, you're in. And Lyra for... But I just yeah. thought, but there are some brands like Facebook and Instagram that you can say that are in the yes. zeitgeist yeah. that you don't have to. Yes, true. Yeah. So I just thought Airbnb was one of those until I went back and watched and saw the. They'd already sold their souls. Yeah, saw the big vaginal logo there. <laughs> Going back to Coos. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Carl discovered various relatives who didn't want to borrow of him. But then he also found, he did a DNA test, which the results came back within a week, which was wow. amazing. And found he had a sister who lives up in Echuca. So the day before the wedding, Carl's like, all right, road trip Echuca now. And Susan's like, but I haven't finished writing the, the vows. I'm like, you're bullshit. This is your side business, your side hustle, Susan. Carl can drive himself to Echuca. Absolutely. Do you know I'm a celebrant now? I mean, that's, I'm studying. I'm studying. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, so I learned a lot from this episode. Yeah, particularly Amazing. from Susan, what not to do. Not to leave it till the night before. Yes. What prompted this decision? Um, uh, friends of mine are getting married and they were like, oh, do you want to be the celebrant? And I thought, oh, yeah, give it a bash. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, that was a mm-hmm. deranged decision though because the course is just... So there is an actual course. You don't just do like... No, it's an... really hard. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it's not hard, it's tedious. Mm. A friend of ours, you know Harriet, she's a celebrant too. Um, and so I messaged her that day and I was like, this is, this is bullshit, this work. And she's like, tell me about it. The only exciting thing you learned the whole course is that an uncle can marry his niece and now I've spoiled that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's grim. I, I know a celebrant as well and there's not even that much fun they can have when they're putting together the ceremony because there's certain legal points mm. you have to hit so you can't that you can't just play fast and loose with the vows. No. Yeah, there's, you can't do it in like whale language. No. No. Okay. Well, Magda gave that a good bash. <laughs> so off they go to Echuca. Kate, you should give give our internationals. It's about three and a half, four hours drive from Melbourne. It's the closest um, border town to Melbourne. I used to holiday there a lot as a child. And I I went up there because I bought a pram on Facebook Marketplace. So drove up there with my newborn, 
came back with a double pram and the oh. newborn. Well, that's a great review, isn't it? Mm. I know it quite well too, actually. I've been there um, in the last month. Uh, had it's, done it's, to the Rich River uh, Golf Club. Golf Club? Yeah, yep. Country Club? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's we just in Mo- the club. Moama? Yeah, Moama yeah. Chuka. That's its twin town. You guys feel hella white right now. <laughs> <laughs> so are you telling me you haven't been on a paddle steamer? Can't say I've <gasps> had the pleasure. They're actually quite lovely, aren't they? I used to stay with my Auntie Rhonda. That's where I, that's where I go all the time. I used to stay with my Auntie Mavis up there. Oh, really? Maybe Rhonda and Mavis know each other. Yeah. My Auntie Rhonda, you can't stay there without her trying to give you a paddock basher and a job as a dish pig down at the club. <laughs> Whenever you complain about your job, she's like, just come up here. I've got a car and a job. And you can tweet Mr. Hunter Smith if you'd like any of those words explained to you oh, on Twitter. Sorry. No, don't, don't apologise. Are, are you familiar with Sutton's Bakery in the Achuka shops? No, they have I don't like think the world's so. best pies there. Oh, no, like, no. We were never allowed to go into town. We had to stay on the oh, property. No. Yeah. <laughs> your, your, your folk weren't allowed <laughs> yeah, in town. Yeah, that was the rules. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder Susan Carl spent more than half a day there. Sounds like there's heaps to do. Oh, no. Half a day will do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't even get to the historic port, which is the main tourist attraction. Yeah. There. Do you know, this is going on too much mm. about Echuca, but I've mm. honestly probably been there two or three times a year for 29 years. Mm. And then last year, I went to an unrelated wedding in Echuca and it was beautiful. Yeah. And I called my mum and I was like, we have never been to a chuka. I've been going to a chuka 90 times in my life and I've never seen the nice things I saw on the weekend. I was like, what have we been oh, doing? Man. Just well, stay in the paddocks. Moama's not much great shakes, really. Oh, really? Yeah. This side of the border is where you want to stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm distracted. I will, maybe I'll get an Airbnb there. It sounds lovely. It is, it's beautiful. Even, the, the, even I hate to say it, the caravan park, if you get a cabin there, it's beautiful. Or gum trees and rivers. Okay, and, yeah. I'm getting the shakes at the yeah. thought of a caravan park. This is a sponsored, this is a paid post, by the way. <laughs> Rich River Country Club? Rachuga. <laughs> get on the pokies up there. Is it, a, is it a golf club or a country club? Oh, it's just an all-round great club. <laughs> Just you, you will have the pokies, basically. You'll have a ball. Just just hop in the minivan from Melbourne. Maybe I'll just send an invoice to the mayor and see what comes back. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so they've packed up in the car. Off they go. Meanwhile, a letter's come in from Marnaka. Yeah, Marnaka's um, broken a hip, which is pretty fucking extreme. I think she already broke it and it rebroke. That kills people, like old people. Yeah. That's like their their last Ooh. last thing before they die, like a few days later. I think the real actor back uh, in the day. Hang, hang on. Actor. I don't think she's an actor now. Now she's a school teacher or principal or something, but they wheeled her out to... She's she's an icon, Marnecker. When they brought in the Tanaka twins to be yeah. Paul's illegitimate sons, they had to wheel out this the woman w- who played this 16-year-old girl in the 80s. Oh, really? But, they got the real one. But they, they retconned it, so they made Paul the father of her babies when he wasn't. He wasn't. It seemed really brutal at the time. And they re-edited it as well. And also because, like, she was, what, 15, 16, and he was probably 22 or something. So it's all creepy. Why did they bother going to all that effort? Why didn't they just invent a new person? Because they invent a new person every two months anyway. Yeah. Hmm. But she's – her face has not cracked a smile in the last 40 years, I reckon. (laughs) She's like (laughs) – Hang on. Let me get this straight. There was a woman who was on Neighbours in the 80s Mm. and they've had to go and find her. Yes. And they've recast her 30 years later. Yes. And is she good? Nope. She, she was v- serviceable as the mother of the twins that was very she's, perturbed. She's a very repressed person. Mm. So she did that job but didn't have a lot of range. I've forgotten her name. I'm just trying to look up Ma Naka, but it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> it's all right. So she can't come in and obviously she left her flights till day of. You don't leave your flights till day of. No, it's rude. Particularly when you've got a dicky hip as well. Mm. Meanwhile, enter Magda. Hunter Smith, Will you? would you give a little potted history of Magda Zhabinsky for the... 
Oh, I'd love to. Friends. Magda, one of Australia's most loved showbiz icons, famously plays Sharon Strezlecki in the hit comedy Kath and Kim. Before that, did a range of uh, hilarious sketch shows like Big Girl's Blouse with the same ladies. Um, was the star of Babe, the international pig-based thriller. <laughs> <laughs> And was the spokesperson for? The, oh, yes. The big gay spokesperson for the equality campaign. Because yes. she is um, gay. Um, it came out publicly about five years ago, I reckon. Yeah, not long ago. And has just really flown the flag. Absolutely. Yeah, really took to it. Like a lesbian <laughs> to flannel. Um, what else do we know about her? Her dad was a Polish assassin. Um, and her mother was Scottish. Yes. That's how she got okay. the... Yeah. That's how she can do the... Scottish sort of accent. the accent, yeah. I didn't know either of those things. She recently starred in perhaps the worst Australian film of all time called The Barbecue. Um, I've heard of it. Well, heard of it. Speaking, and, I've heard, and I've heard a lot of terrible films. Speaking of SponCon, The Barbecue, the whole film was SponCon for barbecues galore. Oh, man. I thought and, you were going to say Weber. I was and like, IGA. On. And IGA. <gasps> yeah. No. It's got Kenny in it. You know, Kenny, well, who's in Body yeah, Everything. What's his name? Um, Shane, Shane Jacobson. Jacobson. Oh, there are, he, I'll never forget him getting on the Logies television's Night of Nights and doing a Yogi Bear impression. Yeah. <laughs> well, in it, yeah, he ran the barbecue and, and made to play a sort of Scottish um, meat mistress, a la- sort of lady butcheress. <laughs> so kind of like Kel from Kathy yeah, Tim. It's a bit like that. Yeah. See, like that. there's no money in Australian showbiz, so do no one be judging. No. The Ancestry product. I can't remember who plays um, Kenny's wife in it, but she worked at three different IGAs. But now to Ramsey Street and the 30-year-old saga that is Neighbours, in which Dr. Carl has recently become curious about his family and where they came from. And as Dr. Carl discovers later in the episode, Ancestry makes it all so easy. This sort of integrated advertising with characters engaging with brands is becoming increasingly blatant in the ancient soap, which now watches out on Channel 11. But the deal with Antistry has pushed the boundary further than ever, as fans on the podcast Neighbours observed. Carl's obviously flicking through the webpage and shows the pricing structure for Ancestry as well. And that's when you just know, yeah, this is possibly the most transparent product placement in Erinsborough history. And yet, sure enough, we get to an ad break ad for Ancestry.com.au. Yep, embedded ads followed by actual ads. Neighbours does not disclose the commercial partnership with Ancestry in the credits and there's no requirement for it to do so. So what does Neighbours producer Fremantle Media have to say? It told MediaWatch that plugging Ancestry was a perfect fit for the story. Okay, late breaking. This just in. We did make MediaWatch. Oh, my goodness. We're famous, Maya. Quickly explain what Media Watch is in a uh, nutshell. Miss Soundbite. It's like a um, consumer. It's sort of like a watchdog program that yes. follows the media. Thank you, chases Arthur. up on false claims in the media, that sort of thing. In this case, a bit of SponCon. <gasps> that was a thrill. I've never seen the Neighbours logo that big. No. My, my laptop screen isn't that big. It was a bit of shrieking, <laughs> wasn't there? <sighs> yes. Avea Pashos will sing like a canary for oh, publicity. You'll have to post the clip. Oh yes, okay. Neighbours Pod on Facebook. <sighs> okay, let's t- we will let's get in here. Back on this wedding, Magda Hunter just reintroduced us to Magda. She despite walks- that illustrious career, she's playing a bizarre. Well, how are you describing her? A bizarro. I, I was going to ask you about your your celebrant career. Are awesome. you going to be wearing a caftan? Uh, yes, exclusively. Rainbow caftans? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was just, yeah, scarf, rainbow headscarf. Brightly coloured glasses. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Tell you what, I won't be doing mates' rates. So. 
Oh, fantastic. Keep that in mind, of course. <laughs> oh, I'm, I will be remaining um, an unwed heathen. Thank you. I'll continue to live is in it, sin. Is that, is that what your dad told you yesterday? Uh, no, I've, I've claimed it as an affectionate term. You've reclaimed it, yeah. yeah. So... Magda makes a grand entrance discussing shoe pastry with Gazcan. Oh, and did you notice what she was actually getting, what Gazcan was getting that said shoe pastry puffs out of? No. The Costco shoe pastry puff container. Was he? Yeah, he was just, someone had been to Costco, bought the frozen um, profiteroles and was just getting them out of the box. When you hire an ex-con to do your wedding cake, that's what you're going to get. Why was she there at the time? That was like weird. She was hanging around being judgmental. Meanwhile... Coos were in Echuca at her address trying to find her. Hmm. They're from the wrong side of the tracks in Echuca. The, the uh, wrong side, but still not Moama. Moama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's wandering around. Now, we also have this great moment I loved, which was finding out that Mark got the happy couple a set of bed linen. Flax linen. What does that mean? Well, that's what linen is made out of flax. It's a bit redundant to say flax linen, oh, okay. but he said it. Okay. Uh, Surprisingly knowledgeable. Okay. And I am a textile designer. That's oh, okay. <laughs> and I used to design bed linen. So it is, oh, it is, it is my special topic. And yeah. Yeah. every now and then one of the set uh, pieces on Neighbours will pop up and Kate's like, I designed that cushion. Oh, really? <laughs> that's funny. While he's about to get into the car, Aaron down the mines does his back, which he'd already done because – Paul Robinson made him fire one of his personal trainers at the gym. So Aaron had to do extra work. So Aaron blamed his OHS screw up on Paul. No, no, mate, you actually just fucked your own back and it's your own business. So it's your own fault. Well, not knowing that there was a backstory with the back, you can imagine my shock when he took a small stumble and then became a quadriplegic. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? He fell into the car. You know, on those those infomercials, like an ad for a stable table or something, and they have to show like 30 people spilling stuff to demonstrate why they need a stable table. That's, it was like a geriatric woman falling off the settee. <laughs> <laughs> he slipped into the car. So, so much like uh, our previous favourite Gaber, Maurice Miro, he's indulging in some backing now. Yes. So at that gym, Ash Williams made his grand entrance backing because he did his back at the, at, at the shed, <laughs> the shed, <gasps> the gym, this um, CrossFit bizzo. We that- need to get the bloody shed on Media Watch, yes. right? So now that's two back injuries within a six-month time frame. Some may say that maybe you should reassess your OHS policies if you're getting like you know, extreme back injuries. If you're people backing in and out of the place. If you've got to have an osteo's business cards at your front desk as people are signing up. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> question for you two. If you're getting married and you suddenly develop this back injury mm. on the day of the wedding – that's so debilitating you're going to have to approach the aisle in a wheelchair, <laughs> what would you do? Would you go, oh, shit, I better go to a doctor's right now to see if there's something that can be done? We'd just go, oh, no, just get up on the Panadols. No, that's such a straight person thing to say because there is nothing gayer than the drama of arriving in a wheelchair and then springing forward. Like, that's what their campaign was all about, that sort of thinking. So that's what I've been thinking. As I, I fell I into your superior yeah. knowledge on this. As I fell into the Camry, I would have been thinking, yes. <laughs> in fact, it was so camp because it harkened back to the soap over the road's great triumphant moment of Angel regaining her oh, yes, it was the movement in her legs to walk down the aisle to Dita Brummer. Pashos, do not bring up their name when you have a very fine example of Fraser Yates to rely on here. If you're looking at cri- <laughs> cripples walking down the aisle. Oh, is that why people kept mentioning Fraser and Rosie in my feed tonight? Yes, he, he, much like, you know, some sort of Christian miracle, he leapt to his feet and went down that aisle. It was very, it's very tropey, wasn't it? Very the tropey. fact that he, it was, he just had a sore back 
it wasn't like Toadfish was regaining the use of his legs after he had the jumping castle injury. Oh, that he just walked up a driveway, yeah. and that was so disappointing. If if you're going to yeah. regain your your walking, do it down do it the on your wedding day. Yeah. Jump the gay shark. The twi- Jump the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> can 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 I ask a question here? It's I didn't know about double aisles. Is that a thing? Oh well, it's so funny you ask because I went to a gay wedding on the weekend with a double aisle. Mm. I yeah. was thrilled to bits. I didn't ever think. It never occurred to me. And then when they both were just swanning down the aisle beautifully side parallel, I was so moved. It did cross my mind that if you're both walking down the aisle, then there's no ability for one to really drink the other one in and look lovingly at them. Well, then you've got to do what the Americans do and have first looks. So um, that's where, say, Vaya would be around there and her partner would be around the corner mm-hmm. and then you get a photo of a photographer. Well, from this angle, they can't see each other. Then they're holding hands and then they peek around the corners. Or you, you oh, is that a real thing? tap it's them cheesy. on the shoulder. It's when you want to – you do yourself up and you're all in your finery and you don't want to sweat off your makeup. So you get your photographer in before the ceremony. Clever. To get all the nice photos. And you have first looks so that they can see you and have that moment. Have you seen this on a reality show? Is that why? No, no, you, no it's a thing. YouTube. Oh, right. <laughs> like, why are you in the accent? Uh, <laughs> vloggers, yeah. Right. Yeah, they, I wonder if they did a first look. They should have. Well, I, they couldn't because he's in the chair. I reckon I would have been down with the double aisle myself. I didn't want to necessarily be the centre of attention walking down the aisle, but sure enough, I had the whole wedding looking at me. I would of have course. liked about 50% of the eyes on my husband at that same time. Nah, he wouldn't have pulled 50 though. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, whatever. 25 plus family maybe. <laughs> And I did enjoy Magda, who was holding court, directing people to the groom side or the groom side. Oh, yes. Oh, that was actually so a bit of ad lib there. I think that was where she came into her strength. Yes. Yeah. Can she act? Uh, Sharon Streslecki. Just, come on. Oh, my God. You are so right. You are so right. I take you, you are just confusing Magda with her characters, though. Well, I mean, I have always think she's a really beloved actor, but then sometimes I watch her and I think, what are you doing? Just Do you know what I think it dicking is? Dicking about, you know? Well... No, I want to take it all back. Okay. Now I'm remembering Sharon Streslecki at Big Girl's Blouse, which is... But all but poor put upon Sharon Streslecki with the way she's bullied by Kimmy the whole time. Yes, yeah, she's, she's done this She just Sharon. wants to be loved. I think she was a little bit Sharon-esque because what also she was doing is... she. I mean, it was a high camp character. It was almost like she was in a sketch and everyone else around her was in a drama. Mm. So yes. it's just going to look a little bit, you know, out, yes. out of the world. Yeah. But also she's from Echuca. So she's a fish out of water. Say no and more. She's a fish out of water. She'd be a massive personality in Echuca. She would be. What so, sort of fish would you be in Echuca? Like uh, Murray, Murray River Cod. cod. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's a Murray River Cod out of water. A pair of white dorks. <laughs> now, the reason they've wrangled her into the big day is that phone reception's so bad in Echuca that Sue's t- sent a text to the boys saying, running late for my meeting, Let's cancel it and I'll see you tomorrow. But the second part of the text didn't go through. So they just thought she'd pulled the pin on the whole job. Yeah. So the sister up there lives in Echuca sub- suburbia where oh. they do have adequate mobile coverage. Yeah. <laughs> you, you basically, I drove to Echuca and I had mobile coverage the whole way. Unless Suze is like Carl's so cheap that Suze is on Vodafone. This or whole situation was a very flimsy plot line because, I mean, you said before if you broke your back, would you go to your wedding? If your friend cancelled on you with one text, wouldn't you follow up? And he said they tried to call but went to voicemail. Oh, but suddenly they, they kind of crafted a story that suddenly she turned a bit homophobic and was a bit cold feet on the, on the gay <laughs> oh, wedding, maybe. Really? 
That's the impression That's I got. That's ironic. Because remember a couple of years back she refused to marry her student because she found out that her he, he, he her was hu- gay. Well, yeah. her husband-to-be was um, he, gay. Hitting, hitting on Christos? Or yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember. He, one of the old gays there. Well, and she became a conscientious objector. <laughs> really? She was like, I cannot marry you. Meanwhile, how many men has she remarried? If you want to talk about the bloody sanctity of marriage to Susan, stop marrying Carl. Oh, she married a priest once too, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, she had the hot room. No, I didn't like, get married. Sorry, Susan, I take that back. <laughs> yeah, and also, if your yeah, celebrant's cancelled on you, ring her husband, whose number you also have. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It was very, very flimsy, but I didn't realise they were in a chuka in the mobile coverage, so and now it makes Cheapskate Carl would have. I, I can see them being Vodafone. Yeah. No, I was going to say they are classic Telstra customers, those two. Or, oh, yeah, or, they or, both make sense. Or even prepaid. Maybe it's prepaid. Oh, yeah, but he's a doctor. And the, the, she's fond of getting lost in the bush as well. True. Actually, but she, no, she must be on a very poor. She must be on Vodafone. This yet. is like her fourth time lost in the bush in yeah. as many years. Might so, be on Kogan. <laughs> <laughs> so they bring in Magda, whose name is Jemima, and she is doing a bang up job. Like she fits the decor. She looks oh, yeah. mother. And she really came into her own when she started being. So I wasn't on board at all with the character until she started being a bitch to Susan through her speech. Then I really liked that. And also, don't forget those moments where she's doing the vocal warm ups oh, yeah, to yeah, prepare yeah. for the speech. So Susan's turned up to this wedding looking like a snow queen, basically, in this, oh, this pink I've jacket. Oh, I've written down how great Susan was looking. Yes. She, she was looking fantastic. She looked adorable, almost a little bit Christina Hendricks. From Mad Men. Yes. It's that high collar. It's mm. nice. Yeah. And I love the fact that she's just calmly getting herself ready at the Kennedy house with no inkling that everything's gone to shit. That she's been dumped, yeah. And what about how they had to address the fact? So when they were getting ready in the car outside, they, the writers had to address the fact that you probably would go and knock on the door. So they had to be like, oh, I've been my right mind to go over there, but I won't. <laughs> get this you don't get married and not know your vows before you get married you consult with the celebrant the night before or days before you have it written down you have it printed in a booklet for god's sake Suze was doing a me during my arts degree and just bunging it together the night before and slipping it under the door me me during my celebrancy degree as we speak (laughs) the cut and paste yeah i would say you can put just a note for everyone at home you can put the stuff in a booklet but you're not able to legally print the copyrighted lyrics of a song so keep that in Okay. Not <laughs> oh. sure what happened at your well, outback you, wedding. If you want to know what happened at my wedding, I walked down the aisle to Suddenly by Angry Anderson, like Scott oh. and Charlene. <laughs> True. And I, di- I didn't put the lyrics in Actually, that makes the wedding um, legally void. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've just studied that chapter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's called the Robinson precedent. <laughs> Then so Susan, yeah, Susan comes in and she's devastated because she's got this lovely speech that she's worked so hard on, but really she hasn't because she phoned it in the night before. Mm. So she hands it over. The compromise they reach is she hands it over to Magda, and Magda's going to read it out during the ceremony. But I, I'd just, still be wanting to be paid if I was Suze <laughs> at this point. Yeah, she's put the labour in, and then can you describe how Magda um, hits out at Suze while reading the speech? Well, first of all, she points a it's meant to be a poem. Well, sorry, she thinks it's a poem and she points out that it doesn't rhyme, which I'm with Magda there because they try, you know that people try and call poems that don't rhyme poems, but they're not poems. They are poems. I did poetry at uni. <laughs> yeah, but nobody likes them. I like Magda's right, nobody likes them. You're right there. You're right. Yeah. It's not a spoken word performance. So she's like, oh, this doesn't even rhyme. So she starts ad-libbing halfway through. And the, she killed. Yes, yeah, she like, did kill. The she, room loved it. <laughs> she, she, won, yeah, she won that room. 
shout out to probably one of the greatest lines in Neighbours, if not television history, when Suze asks to take back her role as celebrant and Magda oh. goes, tough titties. <laughs> <laughs> but I prepared the whole speech. Well, I've got two words, tough titties. Also, stop calling it a speech. That's it's not called a speech. Hunter, no, you, but- uh, is it called a speech? No. no, I don't think so. But I think, Kate, you're right. They, they seem to be passing off the speech as a formal part. Like, she seemed yeah. to imply that they can't go on without it. Because it makes no sense that Magda mm. would do the speech, does it? It's the vows. Maybe in ga- maybe gay neighbours law you have to do a speech. Neighbours has, has not necessarily been accurate in any of the weddings it's, it's covered. Right, right, right. Can we discuss the groom's fashion choices? Yeah, okay. Kate and I have a side project at the moment called Buddy Watch, a podcast where we recap other TV shows that aren't neighbours. Currently we're doing The Block and our main shtick over there is that I've got no idea what's meant to look good. And we're a bit Statler and Wardle yeah. uh, on, on design We're the decisions. David and Margaret yes. of design. Because Kate knows she's worked professionally in the textiles industry and Vaya Pashos just puts together whatever she can cobble together from Marketplace, Facebook. So I don't know what's meant to look good. I just got that's lovely. And I just thought the boys looked divine. No, see, so I look at that and I go... Am I wrong? No, nah, it's it's the kids that are wrong on this. They, they, I didn't even notice. They were still wearing my gavers. Let's divert. Let's defer to the gay in the room. Harris tweed suits. No, oh, don't. That looks very nice. No, the, the man looks nice underneath it. I think. Oh right, right, right. No, right. no, no. Let's show him. You got to. Doesn't sh- that reflect your bloody um, geography teacher in 1988? No, I like that. Hang on. If you're like an English winner, we've got to show the boys in the suits, not just a close-up oh, of they the material. Weren't? Okay. I recently went to a posh gay wedding at Oxford University, which is a place <gasps> <Wow>. in England. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> yes, at the Bodleian Library, which is a very old library, and they were in those suits, and it fit right okay. in there. Question. Mm. If you got married, would you want to be wearing matching matching suits or complimentary suits? I think complimentary. Yeah, they are. The one I went to on the weekend had complimentary pastels. I like that. A little bit of Miami oh, vice. I like these. I like these. Mm. I liked the blue and do you, orange. Do you like the Hawaiian ties with it as well? I did. What? No, no. You can't go that far. Yeah, that is a bit weird. The Hawaiian ties is a bit weird. I mean, what's no, I didn't notice that they were Hawaiian. I just thought they were a lovely floral. No, I just... How embarrassing. I, <laughs> I just didn't like Aloha, it Aloha, get some fashion. <laughs> it is weird that they match Magda's I hair s- ribbon. I swear mm. my grandfather used to wear those weave suits. Well, he probably did, Kate. That's what fashion does. Comes around again, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I used to wear chokers in the 90s. Like, like, I, I want to give you that that speech from the day. No, the kids Prada. are wrong, okay? <laughs> the kids are wrong. Because that's not blue. It's cerulean. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, we were discussing that in terms of the block, weren't we? Where the, um, the inspiration for the beard head came from. I'm distracted because I'm back on Susan Kennedy looking like Jackie O. <laughs> oh, Susan looked great. But, yeah, she looks like Jackie O at JFK's funeral. Yeah. All over, she looks great. I've come on this podcast and talked about her problem areas before and I won't again. <laughs> but they're looking they're looking great at the moment. I just love that the school principal can just piss off to a chukar on a, what I would assume is a Friday if the if the wedding's on a Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Although maybe, yeah. Could be something. Yeah. How do you feel about weekday weddings? Do you get married on a weekday? Excuse me, I got married on a Saturday. Oh. <laughs> Ooh la la. La-dee-da. <laughs> no, I don't mind it if it's a Friday. And I also, last wedding I went to was a Thursday before a Friday public holiday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down with that. And look, yeah, I, I don't, I'm a stay-at-home mum. So well, it's also, not like I'm, yeah, I'm all for people saving a buck and taking a buck out of the wedding industry that's just a cash grab. Oh, yeah, I'm down with it. I'd, I'd go to a It wedding. also gives you a good excuse you don't want to go. Got to work. Yeah. They, aren't you freelance? Don't you work from home and make your own hours? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> My excuse dance. Look at this glorious picture of Magda. We have done caftans at weddings quite recently on Neighbours. Yes. Toadie and Sonia's vow renewal. 
where Toadie and his brother turned up in like Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater suits. Oh, like yeah, like you'd yeah, see yeah. at the, the races. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They thought it was. That sounds nice. Toadie yeah. thought it was a fancy dress party, but it wasn't. That'd be a good opportunity for some neighbours' spawn con. They could use some of Catherine Kelly Lang's creative caftans. That's one of the clips I forwarded the Media Watch producer. <laughs> <laughs> she appeared on the show to do a spawn con with it. Yeah, you told me. Did I already know about that? Yeah, we've just. Dis- my deep subconscious. I thought I invented so. that. No, we've discussed this, Hunter, because I was talking about how she was flogging her caftans on neighbours. And, and she had a special connection with Xanthi Zan- because Xanthi's mum's name is Brooke. Oh. So she gave her an extra caftan for her mum. Right, right. And right. you said that she somehow she had some deal where she wasn't allowed to do TV appearances unless they plugged her caftans. Yeah, I think somebody told me that what show is she on? Days uh, or bold. something. That it got to the point where they had to ban people bringing on their own products because someone, a character, wanted to hold their own autobiography in the <laughs> scene. <laughs> and they're like, I think that I think it's a bit too meta. But I, I think Catherine only appears in her own caftans on that show. And I think she goes by Kelly. Oh, sorry. That's I, a, I um, love that's that you knew all three Susan, of her names. Susan should do that. Susan should get like a, like a range of those those yeah. outfits. That's all she appears in. <laughs> well, no, Sonia's got to start pimping the caftans. Yeah. She's the caftan queen. Oh, we did talk about this because I said that Margot should have monetized her shruggaleros. Yeah, yes. That's right. She doesn't need it now. No, she doesn't. If anything, Fremantle Media should be monetizing yeah. the shruggaleros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. as, as invented by Margot. <laughs> okay. Magda's gone off book. Kills in the speech. We get the beautiful vows. We learn that Aaron's middle name is not down the mines. It's James, which is lovely. Aaron James Brennan. What was Knackers? Oh, they didn't say. Was that Yoshi or something? It was, yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. Oh, like Super Mario. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and then Suze has an iconic shit crack after the ceremony. A literal um, shit crack. With, she cracked some shit. Um, oh, I thought you meant oh. she stepped in shit. Yes. She did, yes. <laughs> Wedding whisper, my fat aunt. Speech butcher or more like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd never heard that before. My, instead of my fat ass, she said my fat aunt. Yeah. <laughs> That's the original. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And then she, what did she do to the car? To Magda's she car? She put her foot up on the bumper bar so she could scrape a humongous piece of shit off it, which. It was that wet was, it was, too. It was that, fresh. That was like a lot of blancmange yeah. they've put on her Absolutely. foot. Absolutely. That was not How nice. How dare they to, to oh, Queen Jackie? I'm not even 100% sure it was a dog. That close to the venue. <laughs> exactly. It's probably Gazcan. Yeah, that's one of those, those Costco shoe prices went straight through me. <laughs> Squat behind Magda's Magda. From, from shoe to shoe. Yeah. <laughs> from shoe to shoe. <laughs> Magda's Magda. I think she, well, she had a name for the car, didn't she? She's like, what have you done to oh. Moira? Or something like that. She did. Yeah, you can drop that in. Oh. Something like was that. It? It was, it was... I replayed it because I thought she said, because there's a car called a... Madka. Yeah, I thought she said that, but she gave it a little name. Yeah, yeah it was like we'll drop it, in. it was I think it was Greek, was it? Oh, Aristina oh, or something. Yes, Crikey. What have you done to Artemisia? What? My car, Artemisia, what have you done to her? Oh. What? I, I stepped in poo. It's no <laughs> Hermione, which is also a Greek name, which is Piper's car. Oh, if only she called it Vea Vea. That would have been that Is that a Greek name, Hermione? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's from Greek mythology. I am waiting for a name check one day. There is a bitch on this show that they've called Freya, 
That's as close as I've come. Oh. I, th- I think that is. There's a bitch called Freya with a sassy, vindictive podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, could have, you could have been the Lyra, but then that would have yeah. stuffed up their whole Lyra, liar storyline. I did launch a two-day two campaign to become Val, Teresa's um, unseen assistant that she was always whinging about. Like, Val stuffed up me paperwork. He was gay as well. Yes, he turned out to be a gay Asian man. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong on that front. <laughs> I well, know. you were trying to have to get a walk on as well. <laughs> That's like so funny. They for Val, and then like literally two episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my role, Val. Oh, that, at least it was completely different. What would be worse <laughs> if it was like it was like a really just a slightly offensive version of you? Like they like they looked up some photos and like let's really get it. <laughs> so another rotund Grecian. <laughs> well, no, you're not. Don't be offended by this. Okay, <laughs> Boomer from. I was actually thinking about. <laughs> She was. She would be awesome. I'd be so thrilled to have her yeah, betraying me because she was Toadie's, Toadie's girlfriend, yeah. and she yeah. she was dull on neighbours. She really found herself as boomer. <laughs> well, she had a lot more to work with. Yeah, true. Uh, true. That's true. where I had my moment of Twitter shame. First episode of Wentworth, I was like, oh my god! I tweeted, they've called the woman with the giant boobs b- boobs, <laughs> <laughs> and then then she replied saying, no, they were calling me booms. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Twitter's just added a dimension oh. to our viewing experience. What do we learn now, though? If the whole SponCon product placement ancestry comes full circle, Jemima is Jemima Davies Smythe, who is Carl Kennedy's blood sister. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Do you think that means she'll be hanging around? Heck no. No? No, because Sonia had a bonus dad and a brand new half sister who had cancer, and now every now and then. The, the, someone gets the kank again. Yeah, she's got to fly over to... to <laughs> the Los Angeles Cancer Centre, whatever. Yeah. They, they needed someone who was a match for her bone marrow, so they had Callum in Silicon Valley. She flew over there. Anyway, every now and then, Sonia's got to jet off and go... No, but even Susan, she's got two sisters, and we see old mate Liz slash Pippa every five decade. years. Yeah, yeah. So Sonia's still on the show. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't at she the wedding. Really, is, the whole time has outstayed how long you would. I thought she was like a six month turnaround. It's because they keep writing a rich backstory for her. Like she came on as a guide dog puppy trainer and then she ended up. Suddenly like, she's a heroin addict. Oh my God, is she? Did she what, still have the nursery? Well, this was was in the past. Oh, oh sorry. They, they retconned it. She was, she was shooting up while she was, was pregnant retconned. with Callum. <gasps> really? <laughs> she raided his piggy bank. And then she, like, she that's why she left. The, how much did he have in there? So, so she left him with his grandmother yeah. to be raised. Uh, well, his great-grandmother at that, wasn't it? And then, yeah, her grandmother. And then I didn't even know she was his mum. They retconned it. She came in just as this innocent guide dog puppy trainer who was flirting with Toadie. This was the long con. It was like two years later or yeah. something. It was a retcon, man. They re- retroactively con something. Configure- I'll look it up. So they rewrote it that she was Callum's biological mother and had abandoned him and was getting closer to Toadie so she could reconnect with her son. Clever. Retroactive continuity. There we go. Oh, there's a lot of that going on. Now, the little curveball they threw us at the end of this episode was this simmering attraction that they've planted mm. between Rebecca and Lolly. actually. Which we're either going to call La Rage or Teo. Teo, because I had the Teo. Mus- Teo. I had a musical sting. Teo. 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 Teo.
And, and yeah, he's bounced out of the photos so he can go and clean up a mess that it's some band trashed the only mo- hotel room in Lasseter's. I know. It was easy to fix. I just had to straighten up those photos, put the lamp <laughs> back on the table, wasn't it? And then like... I make the boss. bed. And make the bed. That was quite sexy though, I thought. That was extremely sexual. She, that, she had a very flattering dress on for her chest. She works at Albeca Maloglu and she hooked up with Paul, his father, hmm. and now she's going the son, which I think is... Weird and gross. And that. Very gross. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very Willis quality. True. I think it's very dangerous to go to town on the bed in a crime scene, though, because the Erinsborough cops are going to come back any moment, throw a black light over that thing, and it's going to be covered in DNA from head to toe. You would Disgusting. not You would not even sit down on a, a hotel bedspread, I reckon. Not on an Erinsborough. Yeah, Erinsborough s- king. There, there'll be sex crimes unearthed left and <laughs> yeah, centre yeah, in yeah, that yeah. joint. Or Paul Robinson's historic... <laughs> Me Too moments come up under the black light. Because there's going to be splinters in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> now, I reckon I can't wait for the scene that's going to come. So they, he's confessed his feelings for, to Rage, his ex-boss, and she went to LA to try and disconnect from these this attraction and has come back and has unleashed and they've made out on the bed. Is it going to turn out that she went to Bali instead because she couldn't get into America? <laughs> it's got to. I don't know, but I can't wait for the episode where Ned finds out they hooked up and gets hella jealous because he He's wanted like, to hook up with his ex-stepmom. Yes, you touched the pineapple and I didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that it? face, yes, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah he's – oh, taste the pineapple. He's, the so. advice of, yeah, his mate was – It was a big, crazy smile, just so you know. So, as a whole, what do we think of them going forward as a couple? Or do we think they can maintain the, the heat? No, I think that it's an utterly ridiculous storyline for Teo. Oh no! I was back on. Oh them, Darren. Oh, hang, on, what do you think of Teo? Oh God, I'm. I just. I cannot co-sign onto body part genitalia that has transcended the familial bond. Like she has seen father and son pain, and I just don't appreciate that. I can't make that sexual and romantic in my head. Oh, I could help you out there. <laughs> But we do have to announce that we have we can now pronounce Dr. Naka David down the mines. Excuse me. Dr. Naka did not go to medical school for six years to drop his doctor title. Okay, he's Dr. David down the mines. Beautiful. That's nice. That's nice. Aaron and David down the mines. Anything I missed in those details there? I don't know. I just I just hope they don't bland down Aaron more because he's just in the last week he's turned into a massive whinger. And I like Aaron. I'm a little bit worried because, yeah, Aaron is David's first major relationship and they've mm. gone straight down worrisome. the aisle. Oh, yeah, that is worrisome, isn't it? He had a little tryst and with Aaron, T-Quizzle. Aaron actually was saying to him, no, you need to go out and sow your wild oats. Oh. Yeah. And he didn't, did he go and come back or he didn't go at all? He had a few little dalliances. Did he, did he have it off with T-Quizzle? Yeah. I do think there was a sexy scene. You know when um, he got one of the grooms got there and he was in a wheelchair and then the other groom came up to him and said, do you want to go somewhere more private for a examination? Well, <laughs> and I thought, oh, they're going to go and have, left the, you know, get one off the, Constantly. knock one off the marital block. Um, but then the other, he was just like, no, no, I'm good. That's because he's a doctor. Know. The other Mr. one, he's like, do you want to go on and I'll, you can like swipe your Medicare card. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> you're trying to get an hourly rate for it. Do you think this now paves the way for Neighbours' first lesbian wedding? 
I've got my money on Yashvi. Well, we've lost staff, so. Um, we've got a, a young oh, character, Toadie's niece, who has um, has got high hopes to join the AFLW. Oh, that's cute. And she's a great idea. She's a promising footballer. It was a stroke of genius. She's already got the most fabulous braids in her hair as well, like French braids. And she wears shorts in every scene now. How old is she? Uh, she's in year 12 on the show, but she's older than that IRL. Toadie saw her kick the footy one day. And said, oh, you're a natural, despite being from Burke. Next minute, she's got a team. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, That's a good storyline. Yeah, oh, yeah, she'll have one then. Yeah. So, And Chloe's fluid as well. Yeah, but she's just been diagnosed with Huntington's. Which so. has got to be like the most oh. depressing storyline, this side of Susan's MS. <laughs> Oh, she shook that off most of the time, though, hasn't she? No, she's not so depressing. But it, but it flares up every time she's lost in the bush, which is frequently. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Late-breaking addition to this special episode, very special episode, Gaver's mm. Wedding 2018, because now we've watched the reception episode on Tuesday the 4th of September, and so much that happened made me think of what CJ must be thinking and I needed to have her buy-in. So, CJ, welcome, Hello. To, the, welcome to the remote PirateNet studios. <laughs> We've gone Wi-Fi on the cloud. Lyra's hooked us up. Oh, excellent. God knows what else she's going to do to our personal relationships, but, but here we go. CJ, the wedding, did you love it? I really loved the wedding. I mean, I didn't care that they didn't play the music in Australia because I didn't know at the time. <laughs> Since we taped yesterday's bit, yeah, we've worked out the divide, the cross-cultural divide. The UK broadcast had Jason and Kylie's, whatever that song is, Suddenly I See. No, Everything it, I Do. No, It's kind of Suddenly I See like, though. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's like Suddenly I'm Not Famous. <laughs> Totally devoted to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's irrelevant to me because Australia's, and as far as I'm concerned, the Canon episode had Australia's own singer-songwriter Claire Bowditch. Oh, is that who it was? Was. I had to Shazam her. It's already a really long title, so I can't remember it. I have to open up my Shazam screenshot. I wondered if it was a little bit like, because we've got a bit of a, a cringe to, not to Kylie, never to Kylie. Never, never. <laughs> never to Kylie, but... To the, to the Kylie Jason-ness of Neighbours? Like, do Australians actually cringe at that a little bit? They are often the punchline on Australian TV shows. If there's a, a TV montage yep. or a quiz show question, they always go back to that era. Exactly. And whereas, like, you know, people from overseas might be like, oh, that's that's a hark back to yesteryear, whereas we're like, don't look, it's the 80s. Yeah, we've you got know. hair straighteners now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claire Bowditch, your love walks with me. Your love walks with me, your love walks with me, your love walks with me, your love walks, your love I mean, what a lovely sentiment. Literally, Aaron down the mines walks with David now. Oh man, he does, he needs his help. So you didn't care that we had different music? I didn't care. And I particularly didn't care at the time because I didn't know. Yeah, we, didn't know. Um, we didn't know. And Magda was amazing. And I know that she was a little bit, there was a bit of a disconnect with um, people who overseas that didn't know everything she did for same-sex marriage in Australia. But just her being there made me cry. And then the fact that it was actually a cute character. Yeah, I, that all of that I was blown away by. I thought yeah. she was just going to do this adorable cameo. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be see you later. But just now, bonus Kennedy. 
Well, yes, exactly. And she lives there now. Um, but, <laughs> but I thought they were in the pub and she was looking at the flowers or something. And I really thought that because it was Chloe and someone else at the pub, irrelevant. I just thought they didn't know who Magda was. And then she was going to go, oh, actually, I'm famous. <laughs> and then they were going to go, oh, whoops. And then they were just going to get her to officiate the wedding. Oh, so you thought she was going to be there under Yes Campaign official business. Yeah, but then she wasn't. And I just thought that was great. And I just loved, I can't even remember the name of her car, but it was spot on no, for the character. We, can't rem- we all loved it and none of us could remember either. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I love just how much shade she's throwing at Susan all the time. And it's like, you would think that if she wanted to get on side of her new brother, because obviously she wants to steal him for all his doctor money, (laughs) which she doesn't have, because he's spreading that across all his children, she would want to be on Susan's side. But she's like, no, I hate her. (laughs) I need you to weigh in on their wardrobe because obviously textiles designer Kate had in capital letters opinions. I mean this is the thing about a same-sex marriage when they're both men there was no wedding dress. I would have liked it if one of them wore a wedding dress because I like a wedding dress. Or someone if they'd gotten Nell or someone to be a flower girl we just needed someone in a poofy dress. Yeah exactly something in a princess line but I must say there was a lot of tunics that would normally have leggings on underneath in the crowd. And I thought for a winter Melbourne wedding, that was a brave choice. It's a gamble. <laughs> but I really loved Aaron's tie. It was really bright pink. I thought it was more of an orange. Oh, okay. We see, we see what we want to see. I would now like to move to later on in proceedings where the reception kicks into gear. Mm. But who's not at the reception, CJ? Uncle Leo is not at the reception. <laughs> Are you envisaging a future world where grandchildren are looking through the family albums. Yeah, that's exactly it. I imagine adorable, imagine a child Heaven. that is, is raised by those two. I would love it. And he just looks at, at Dr. Dad and says, Daddy, why why isn't Uncle Leo in the wedding photos? And it's like, well, he was face smashing a, a pineapple backstage. Well, not backstage, back at the hotel. (laughs) Not just any old pineapple. Uh, Uncle Leo was getting down to business with Grandpa Paul's ex-lover. It could possibly, by then, it could be Grandma. Jesus. (laughs) She could one day marry Paul. Like, that's always a possibility. Yeah, they haven't closed that door. No, it's not closed. They don't think closing any doors. (laughs) They're leaving all the doors and all the windows open. I mean, firstly, Therese was wearing cape. So she meant business. Was she? She was wearing a cape. Um, (laughs) And Therese has gone up to this room, which a band has trashed in like four minutes. Like they only just checked in. But also they just ripped the room apart. Like it doesn't even look like they drank a lot or anything. (laughs) And look, the first order of business was Leo and Therese making the bed. But she didn't even call housekeeping to do that. Yeah, why would they be doing that? If a band's trashed the room, linen shouldn't be number one on the to-do list. No, like you need to get like a commercial cleaner in there. Firstly, the the curtain's broken. And also, if you're going to sleep with your potential grandmother, you should close the door first. (laughs) So what did you think of that tryst? I think it's a fever dream. I refuse to accept that this is the reality we are living in. I liked it more when they hadn't done it. Yeah, right. Um, But I didn't like the way that immediately after they'd had sex, 
that Leo was like, you look so beautiful. And Teresa's like, oh, thank you. Like, I think when you've just made a big mistake like that, People need to run out of the room and not be romantic. Yeah, also it's never really that romantic after that moment. It's a little bit primal. Exactly. Like I don't think that he would be – like I know he's a confident guy, but also he's just slept with his dad's ex-girlfriend basically. And in his dad's hotel and (laughs) near her office, which is where her dad – his dad last – um, you know, partook in some terrace himself. Sidebar, because I thought of you when this scene happened the other day when she got flew back in from LA visiting Imogen and she was staring out the window ha- having some thoughts and then some bubbles floated up or floated down. <laughs> yeah. And then cut to Leo who's just playing with the wedding props, <laughs> blowing bubbles. What, like a child? Because... Oh, that's a bit naughty, isn't it? (laughs) Bizarre imagery. Yeah, I mean, I think they had tension. I think they've got chemistry, but I think now that they've actually met the chemistry, it's just no good. I agree they have chemistry and the actors are playing it. They're really squeezing whatever they can out of that situation, but I just don't think you can fight the ludicrousness of the situation, much like your drowned ex-fiancé coming back, but it's her doppelganger. Exactly. And I think that at the end of the day, like, we had the, you know, um, romance between um, Ned and Kate. I mean, Lauren, Kate, Kendall. I've I've blended them, yeah. We've had that romance and, like, you know, obviously the fans got on board for that one. And so, like, it's difficult to get them on board. And, And also, this is Leo's second romance that's just not okay because he also tried to have a go with his sister. And then recently he's the hotel's assistant. That's also not okay, like, from a legal point and a, and a, and a moral point. But, like, he's just he's just going through the secondary family members like nobody's business. <laughs> I understand you have a core cast and you want to mm. use the main ensemble and you want to mm. have them interact with each other as as much as possible and when there are high drama points. But there's got to be a way where you can disconnect from the family tree a little bit. That's why they've got to have um, schools and cafes and whatnot. But the problem is, is this particular workplace, which is where, like on soaps, they can all find romances in workplaces, or like the whole management team is related. Also, I think because they'd written them in as Robinson's offspring, mm you can't help but interconnect everybody. Just exactly. Like when they brought back all the Willises. It's like, it's great that we have this link back to the heritage cast, but the downside of that is that there's inbreeding. Yeah, it is great to have uh, have yesteryear back, but I think, you know, we need we need new people <laughs> on the street so that, so that Leo can sleep with someone. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> all they had to do was bring the Tanakas in and make Paul think he was their dad for a while. And then they do the DNA test and he works out he's not, but he's got an affinity with them. So he's like, oh, well, I'll keep you around. Stay here. Work for me. You're a good kid. Both of you. Then we would have missed the best line of the wedding, which is from Chloe, which is smile. My brother married a doctor from a rich family. (laughs) That was beautiful. I think you were about to say smize. Oh, yes, Myers, that was pretty good. Yeah. I I love the way Paul just jumped into into it because obviously Paul, you know, earlier in the week and last week, he he hasn't been okay and he he's said sorry. And but he seems to be like really acting. He's sorry. He's sorry. Not when I say really acting. I mean, he's really he's really living it. It's a big step for him. Now, what about the actual festivities at the reception? Firstly, at the waterhole. I mean, I didn't think the choice of venue was ideal. 
for our classy gabers. Two feelings. I eloped, as you know, and I then had a party at a place like the Waterhole. It was a sports club. It was a sports club. It was, you know what, Toadie would have come to my venue because it's the same sports club that Tony and I have in common. Toadie would have been your MC. (laughs) Oh my God, that would have been great. (laughs) So I just thought that, you know, that kind of party is fine for when you elope, but they had like the biggest wedding of the year. (laughs) And it was gorgeous. And Chloe made a big to-do about getting all the trimmings for them. A wedding with all the trimmings. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She got, and basically Sheila's come in with, with her pub grub. Gazcan's chipped in with these dry bliss balls. Oh, yeah, they're really dry. <laughs> they're, they're giving people Huntington's. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed. But however, I was coveting the Mr. and Mr. Big illuminated Mr. and Mr. in the background. Oh, okay. That was gorgeous. Yeah. Well, obviously, Chloe had a hand in that. And also, it seemed like nobody really cared about it. <laughs> like, Carl didn't even come back. He took five minutes out to talk to Chloe about her health um, without taking an appointment or logging that information. <laughs> She did give him a heads up and say, can we talk about my Huntington's disease after the wedding? And I don't think he realised it was going to be legit five minutes after the wedding. No. So, I mean, obviously they're going to kill Faye. Do you think that she's got Faye's results? I don't know. Well, I mean, they definitely painted her to either have drank a lot or having Huntington's disease. Or Gazcan's desserts are shit. Yeah. Well, and and she's a bad dancer. A peanut allergy or something. I, I'm still going with Huntington's isn't really a thing, and that this is someone else's results. How did you find the couple's first dance? Um, I really loved their first dance because you know it was really symbolic that uh, David would, would you know sort of help him stand if that makes any sense, help each other through I mean, life. I feel like by that point he could have just gone with crutches. Yeah, oh, well, the getting out of the wheelchair. Um, we've already talked about this, but this is like a Dita Bruma. Yeah. And Angel's Wedding on Home and Away. Although Kate will tell you off on our messenger thread once she hears this because we failed to notice that Fraser and Rosie went through the same thing on their wedding during the years we may not have been caught up on Neighbours. I, I was on a break. For, for I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, the Angel moment was, like, the biggest part of the 90s. That was the wedding of the 90s. And this is the wedding of the whatever we're in now. Um, But my main thing that I need to get across is that Aaron is obviously going to be a drug addict in four weeks. Oh, no. Really? Uh, Yeah. Which is pretty sad. And also, poor old David is going to suffer from that, um, the the old age trope of being a doctor that can't fix his loved one. So anyway, that's what I see happening for them. Because we all know, if you live in Aaron's Borough, you either move, die, or divorce. There's no happy love. But the good thing is we can open up Everything's Anonymous again and Mm. Aaron can head in there with his drug addiction and then David can go shoot the breeze with Carl about how you can't cure your loved one. Yep. Bob's your uncle. But I did think the speeches were quite lovely. I mean, I think it's a bit weird. Like, um, Paul did say, when I found out you were my son, but also, like, throughout the week he's been saying things like, I've always supported you. And it's like, for for 12, for eight months? We always, in all that time. And don't you just love how one of the characters mentioned uh, no wonder Andrew and Elle live in New York? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone shut it down. Like, how dare you mention the estranged children? I wonder if Jimmy hung out with them and they watched the wedding online. Yes. I have mentioned this before. When my mum married my stepdad, my stepsister lives in America 
and we Skyped her in. And that was at least a decade ago now. That would have been cutting edge. Yeah, we're pioneers. Yeah. And then, of course, Tarage and Leo decide that they've crossed the line and Paul's feelings are too important, so they have to call off this little scandalous affair that I'm convinced is a fever dream. I think that's right, but also, like, I felt like it was just a great exit for both of them. Like, they're like, oh, this is awkward. So... All right, well, Dad's really important. Mm-hmm. We, sh- we shouldn't do this anymore. And let's not think too much about how similar or different you are. Oh, let's hope they didn't have anything in common down there, hey? <laughs> well, thank you for tying up the, these loose ends of the not tying of Aaron and David down the mines. It was truly wonderful, and I'm really glad that the big wedding of this year on Neighbours was uh, a same-sex wedding and... You know, I think it really represented like what's happened in Australia at the moment. It was a bright spot during yeah. a dark time. And I'm really yeah. glad we didn't have any explosions or cars going into the drink. All we had was a, an, an icky tryst. And it's not like, you know, one of them slept with someone else's, um, you know, their you know, ex-boyfriend the night before the wedding or anything like that. Like it was all, it was all love, loved up. Tarage can get it and Leo can get it. So well done. And, you know, they've got that now. They've got it out of their system. Time to move on. Yeah, end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, CJ. See you later. Well, should we do citizen of the wedding and citizen of the wedding? Because we usually do of the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I've got mine. I'm going to call my citizen Aaron for his um, bullshit with the wheelchair. Just go to the hospital and get a bloody pain-killing injection in your back, mate. You'll feel a million bucks. You'll be able to perform your husbandly duties that night. Everything will be fine. Or later that hour. Mm. Um, I'd like to have my citizen, um, the man or woman who lost control of their bowels in the car park. <laughs> Literal citizen. Yeah, citizen of the week, yep. Well, then I feel I have to do a citizen. Was it maybe it was a Great Dane or something? Mm. No, it was Gaz Can. We've decided shoot a shoe. This is a lot of pressure. Oh, did you like Magda for her? Um, oh yeah, okay. off, off the cuff. Clear citizen is Magda Zhabinsky, which is the correct pronunciation. Do it again, please. Zhabinsky. Zhabinsky. Oh, you're just like that lady from SBS, the soccer woman. Just because I'm ethnic. Okay. No, yeah, we don't like her. We pronounce Can them I too tell- right. Remember? Do you remember that story, Hunter, from um, my partner's old workplace? <laughs> where there was a bit of a bimbo that worked in the office and he was looking for a contact for Magda for an interview. Sorry, so, someone in the office was looking for a contact for Magda and the bimbo in the office says, oh, yeah, I um, booked her as a guest last month. Just get her off the, the brief that I filled out. And they go, oh, thanks, mate. And they, they ring the number thinking it's Magda's mobile and then his mobile starts ringing in the room. The and- bimbo. Oh. <laughs> He just lets it go for like six rings and like, mate, that's your phone. (laughs) Uh, So I never don't think of that when I think of Magda. No, she's done great things for this nation. She's done great things for Erinsborough today. And great things for headscarves. It's a sad day that she's a Kennedy, but hopefully she'll overcome that. She's got the most fabulous name in Neighbours history though, Jemima Davies Smythe. Kennedy. No, 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 because Kennedy is his adoptive name. You give it time, though. Okay. Give it time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't take much to become a Rebecca. It's not going to take much to become a Kennedy. And look, I buried the lead on this one a bit, but I was going to avoid it, the 100th episode, because I wanted to do a big hoopla. Oh, we've got to get through it. Bang. But I think what better way to mark the 100th episode than to have it be the Gaber's wedding. And I got this beautiful message during the week from Andy 
a friend of the show who's emailed us, neighbourspod at gmail.com, and he sent us a really beautiful message to congratulate us on our 100th episode. So I thought, well, let's just make this the 100th episode because I wanted to do a whole big thing and I didn't and I felt bad that I didn't do a whole big thing. So it's just not going to be a big thing. I've got, I've got an idea. What's what about that? the 111th, like Channel 11, 111? Sure. I mean, it, I've, that still makes me need to be organised in like 10 weeks' time. But like it'll we can be do a, it. We can do it. Another it'll be arbit- summertime. Yes, another yep. arbitrary number will be a big hoopla. I promise that there'll be a big thing. And we'll go out on Andy's lovely message. Did they have a wedding song, by the way, Aaron and David? Oh, there was no Angry oh, Anderson. They actually played a bit of a, a bit a bit too jaunty of a tune over their vows. I think I saw someone tweet that they played that when they got engaged. It was their engagement oh, song. Oh right. It was a bit like KT Tunstally. It was a man though. <laughs> JT Tunstall. Suddenly, uh, suddenly. Yeah, that's Devil's Prada too, that song, isn't it? Okay, well Hunter, why don't you um, as a celebrant, if you were mm, officiating please. this wedding what is the song of choice that you would put forward? Kylie Minogue's exercise. <laughs> you know the no, one where no she's getting hesitation. up and down on the um, exercise balls? I don't, but I'll enjoy it now for the first time. Oh, I've yeah. been introducing my daughter to the world of Kylie, or well, my husband oh, has I was say to exercise balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> bounce them right off and they're that small, couldn't you? Uh, thank you, Hunter, for rejoining us. My pleasure on such an auspicious occasion. Kate, thank you. Thank you. I think I need to like get on your lease here. No, I've been. Uh, this is like second night in a row. Oh yeah, yeah. Pirate. The look of horror you were giving when you <laughs> couldn't understand that. You've got a that. spare room, love. <laughs> I thought you were making another mention of Media Watch. How many rooms is this place? It's three bedrooms. Three bedrooms. Twelve minutes from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's an Airbnb right? ad. That one. Is it really twelve minutes? It's for, yeah, it's further than twelve minutes. It's twelve. Put it in your GPS right 12, now. Twelve, really? Right. Can't hear the planes. Or can you? No, but KB likes to um, point them out when we're in the car. He goes, oh, look, zoom, zoom in the sky. There's a plane. Because <laughs> I used to live in the western suburbs near the airport. I'm yeah. like, it's not exciting to me. You're less excited me. by the plane. <laughs> Gee, 12 minutes, that's good though. Where do you live? Near here? Uh, yeah, I just live 10 minutes away. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's much more convenient than when you lived in... I know. Every time I drive up the road to get here, I'm like, oh, thank God, she's not on the other side of the river. Yeah. Anyway, we could probably do this chat later. <laughs> Uh, well done, neighbours, though. Um, a beautiful sentiment, even though it wasn't technically Australian television's first gay wedding. Thank you. Uh, but we appreciate Libraries it. Libraries is available on DVD, actually. <laughs> Hunter is Mr. Hunter Smith on the socials. Mm-hmm. Kate's Remude, R-E-M-U-E-D, or just search the Media Watch hashtag. Oh, good God. <laughs> and I'm Vaya Pashos. We are neighbourspod.com and we'll chat to you soon. Thanks, CJ, as well, for your memo. Bye. Hello, CJ, Kate and Vea. Andy Briggs here, and I had to leave a quick note to congratulate you on the 100th episode of Neighbours. Thank you so much for all the time and effort you put into this pod. You guys make me laugh every single week. Uh, some highlights for me have been The Neighbite last year with Dan Bennett. I found that super interesting about how the show was made. Um, Morgan Baker, of course, was amazing. Um, and there, your dad, I could listen to him speak for hours. Uh, so I just want to say a big congrats and thank you from me and here's to the next 100. The blessings love brings are the same, no matter who we are. After so many years of inequality, change has finally come and partnerships like Aaron and David can be celebrated as legal unions, as they always should have been. Exercise is not